you're tuning into the Lazarus Pit, of course, Tenty has seen this podcast network. I'm pretty sure it's not Earth 19. If we're gonna yeah. go with Earth, we, we, we have to stand out a little bit. Let's be Earth 37. I don't, I don't yeah, know okay, what fine, is on Earth 37. This, yeah, it, yeah, it works. Yeah, but uh, it's 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 been a long time. It's been a what two three week layoff. Yeah, we have most all of the shows bad. back now except Agency Shield. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, December. Sorry, yeah, we have a two night premiere, uh, a two episode two premiere episodes, in December. Thank you, and humans, okay. you did this for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in terms of the TV world, we have Flash return this week, we had Arrow return yeah. this week, all of the CW shows. shows, yeah, and it's well, it's shows, been yeah. it's been iffy to say the least. Yeah, and we're um, still doing. We're still. It's just this okay. So this is like I I was telling you guys off pod the the thing about. The, a lot of these shows now is I feel like you need three or four episodes before you get start to get an idea of what the overarching story mm. is for the season. Yeah. So I feel like the first three or four episodes sometimes could be a little iffy. So my feeling, for example, like I watched the Supergirl premiere last night and I was just like, okay, great. I can can we just fast forward a couple of weeks until we know what the hell is actually going on in it the was, show? It was too emotional. For yeah. Me. I'm sorry. Um, and not and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just really well, thinking about doing, waiting well, until like episode four, I guess. Right. So then, then and the issue it. too is, but this okay. So there's two issues in particular that that are specific to the CW shows, though, which is it feels like we actually don't get into the meat of what each individual show is dealing with until after the crossover, and so I think that's an even bigger challenge with those shows because it almost feels like we're kind of giving you just the smallest tidbits. Mm. Because we can't go all the way in on our A story, which is each of our individual stories for the season. Right. Because we have the big B story, which is the crossover that involves everybody. So it feels like the first six to eight episodes on the CW shows are always kind of like, you know, we dancing around some ripple effects from the last season while introducing a couple of smaller bits and pieces about this season while spinning wheels until we get past the crossover. Mm, right. So to me... Gotham, which is four episodes in, feels like it's already hitting its stride, you know, because they're well, they're four weeks ahead, yeah, and because they don't have the burden of the crossover thing, so they get to kind of start to dive into this is what we're dealing with this season very quickly, yeah. And no. So that I think is one of the that's one of the challenges that being a part of that CW universe, that Arrowverse presents for each of the shows is because the first six to eight episodes every season is kind of like, okay, we just waiting until we get past the crossover. Your analysis is spot on, but it's, it's hard for me to completely buy into that for one reason. Flash didn't feel that way this week. Flash came back. Yes, they dealt with the him being in the Speed Force, yeah. bringing him out. But the way they laid so many layers for you to move through the rest of the season... It's almost like you feel... I felt like I watched four episodes of Flash this week alone. Mm. You had the whole angle that was well fleshed out with... Um, oh, God. What's, what's her name? Iris? No, not Iris. The Ice. Oh, Caitlin. Caitlin, 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 Caitlin. Caitlin yeah. Uh, Killer Frost. You had Killer so many Frost. layers with her working with uh, the mechanic and the, uh, and, and, and the thinker. All these things were layered mm-hmm. in this one episode. And you say to yourself... Why didn't Arrow do that? Arrow spent so much knitting up what happened last season. Has the better writers right now. You think so? I I think I think I think after season three, Arrow really started to get a bit stagnant. Okay, but it picked up though. But everybody, okay, I I agree it did. But but you got to my thing is this: I always tend to like like look at these these shows with a particular grain of salt. So 
Supergirl, for example, is dealing with the challenge of going from being a network show to a CW show. So the loss in budget between season one and season two and how that continues to affect them going to season mm. three. The way it was written for CBS, I think, was different than the way CW would have written it if they were launching the show on their own originally. So you have to deal with the narrative ripple effects of, okay, eventually this is going to start to feel more like a CW show, which I guess for them means that Supergirl has to go through her Batman phase, her dark brooding phase, which is what they clearly started with the season with this week. Um, she just got out of a serious breakup, but a lot of breakup. But yeah, but a I mean, a, a it, run off. it feels like what it feels like though is is that like Barry had it last year. Mm-hmm. Arrow has had at least two or three seasons of it's it. It's his life now, and that's it's like yeah, that's yeah. Him. So that is me, who he is. <laughs> you have so that's the that's the particular struggle with with Supergirl or the particular issue that that show has to deal with is going from a really big budget to a smaller budget, going from one set of writers to another writers and then making it fit more naturally into the Arrowverse. So that's that challenge. Then with Flash, I think Flash is still riding really high off of good writing in its first and second season. Now, last year was season three, right? Yeah. Season three had had its ups and downs. I think... It became obvious early. At some point, it became really obvious that Barry was going to be revealed as Savitar. And so that kind of you it it kind of pulled a lot of the weight out of the reveal out of it because it's like we kind of knew that's what was coming, and so it wasn't as impactful. It was still impactful for me. Well, I mean, yeah. DC stand, um, but nonetheless, I think that show. We're gonna have the other segment in the show called DC stand. I'm just yeah. pointing it up. But um, I think that well, show like is in a better place than both Supergirl and Arrow. Legends is kind of just the tack on. I'll be honest with you. Legends I watch Legends because is it's in a crossover. Yeah, like Legends I watch because it's in the universe of shows. But yeah. if Legends was a you didn't stand- enjoy this week's episode, I, I haven't watched. Oh, Legends this, this week? Episode. Did you? Y'all gotta be better, man. It was a decent. It was a decent. But I, I, sure. I imagine that they, they're, I'm, they're I'm, starting from a good place because yeah, last yeah. season ended with them yeah, crash yeah, landing yeah. in LA with dinosaurs. Right. So I don't even know how they fit into. So it's, it's pretty. Did good. they explain it? Because yeah, I'm trying to figure out how they fit into the universe right now in terms of are they in a different dimension, a different timeline? It's a combination anyway. of a lot of things. When you so, get into it, you're gonna see. So I, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm trying to get caught up on all of that stuff this weekend, and maybe we can have a more, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, honest conversation about that. But. So far, Legends has been kind of the tag-along show. Like, I watch it because it's in the universe, but not necessarily because it, it stands right. on its own merits alone. I watch it because I'd, I'd like to be able to, 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 to understand everything that's going on in the Arrowverse, right? Mm. Especially for the crossover. So, that's kind of the appeal. I really... I was excited going to last season because... They had Patrick J. Adams from Suits was that yeah, was yeah, the big yeah, thing. thing. But then he wasn't really in a show for more than two episodes. And I was disappointed because I was like, you this was a big reveal at the end. And you thought like he was gonna be a bigger part of the of the of the season, but he wasn't. And so that was kind of disappointing because I like as an as an actor, I watched Suits, so I thought like this would be an interesting thing to pull him in into a different show and have him play a different type of character, but that really wasn't it. It didn't work out that way. And it didn't work out that way. Arrow, I think, is now running on with the veteran show number one number Pretty two much. they're finally out of the shadow of the five year um i, I think we need flashbacks a, a moment so i think they're, they, they'll probably still find a way to do flashbacks but we're out of the cocoon of they found a way to do flashbacks they were out of the cocoon of we have to do Leanne Yu flashbacks every season and it's a different like it was Leanne Yu it was Russia right, it was yeah, Japan yeah, or China or whatever yeah. it was so it's like but it's it's the veteran show it's the show that you watch because it's 
you've invested so much in it now and you're still interested to see what new stories they're going to tell which way what new ways they're going to find to tell these stories and you have a lot of investment and it's kind of the core it's the anchor of the universe so everything is kind of built out of and from the standpoint of arrow so to me the challenge of that is are how many new stories are there to tell how many different ways can you tell those stories you know we've dealt so much with you know that oliver going back and forth between oh am i killing am i not killing i'm a good guy am i a bad guy and so i think that kind of the narrative there gets a little bit difficult to understand what you still have to tell and now they're out of that what they may have seen as a cocoon of having the flashbacks is something you can always go back to um in terms of specifically okay five years ago i was here four years ago three years ago whatever leading up to the present day so they've essentially told 10 years of stories in five seasons by doing Mm -hmm. the current year with five years ago each step of the way so i think each of the shows has has its own unique challenge when it comes to the arrowverse and for me, like I said, I just look at it from the standpoint of I need to get three or four episodes in before I can get an idea of where the season is going. Gen- oh. That's a, as a general statement. No, that's a, that, 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 that's, that's a fair analysis. Yeah. So, but in terms of the development of comic book TV shows, we had CW doing their own thing for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Started with Smallville, uh, Smallville mm-hmm. and now we have Arrow and the whole Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. But over on Fox with Gotham, <laughs> Lucifer, and we all these other... Black Light, Black Lightning, right? Black yeah, Lightning, it's, it's, it's coming soon. It's, coming. it's, it's not going to be in soon. the universe, but it's by the same team. Yeah. 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 But over on Fox, we've had a recent development over the last couple of years with their whole uh, mm-hmm. TV comic book universe. Gotham, Gotham Lucifer... Lucifer and now the a gifted. show that uh, has a lot of people either whether they're on the fence of this is a good show on the fence of this is a show with some problems they're watching mm-hmm. you have yeah. the gifted mm-hmm. it's in the x-men universe still unclear on where exactly it stands uh, the show launched uh, last week with the episode just giving you an idea based on my understanding the show it's somewhere in between right before logan but right after days of future past in terms of where it fits in the universe, universe. yeah, the okay. So right. you have these mutants that's being, you know, tracked down to be arrested, to be, you yeah. know, yeah. housed and all that other that's stuff. Right. But they're trying to escape to this Mexico, Mexico for, you know, for for Mexico. mutants, and this is where the show picks up. So basically, it's a coming of age show. Basically, in yeah, short. yeah, yeah. In short, I mean, just with mutants, people who deal with that type of, of challenge. Um, I think we are in. We are probably one step away from the golden age of comic TV. I think in another mm. two or three years, I think we'll, we'll hit a sweet spot where sweet spot. the current um, like Arrowverse shows, for the ones that are newer, for like Supergirl that's just really setting its feet into that universe fully, mm-hmm. I think where everybody will be far enough along in their storytelling that you will have really clear paths. It might be a time where we're looking at a real transition with Arrow coming out of that mentorship role, maybe coming, winding down to an end and maybe leading to something that we talked about before where you have an older Bruce Wayne if they want to bring him in and lead the team from a distance with somebody like um, Terry McGinnis or one of those coming in to be the Batman Uh Beyond type of character, something like that. But... I think we're a couple of years away from finding it. I think where we are now is people are seeing the value of telling comic book stories over the course of seasons as much as in these standalone movie situations in you know on, on the on the, the big screen. Right. So I think 
we're at a point now where everybody's you you see new people testing the waters um and i think maybe in a couple of years you'll see that spot where everybody you'll always have one or two shows that kind of go off the rails but, but i think you'll get to a place where almost every comic book show is doing something well and is is like i said that golden age but the issue around it is not so much them telling stories i feel like writers directors producers of these comic book tv shows they have to get out the whim that they're in where you feel like you have to make it so complex like if you remember a lot of the tv shows we grew up watching in terms of cartoons uh-huh. it was yeah. one-off stories of spider-man inter- interacting with the X-Men, he went on a, uh, a safari trip the, with uh, Wolverine and, you know, you. just those kinds about, of stories. You talking about the Fox shows? You know, and I'm talking about cartoon comic book shows in general. Mm-hmm. The Talk way like we a, approach yeah, those, like an overarching story. But those Fox, those Fox, that Fox X-Men show and the Fox Spider-Man show were very layered in their approach no, to what stories. I'm, what I'm trying to say. telling one-off stories. No, that, okay. Follow me. This is what I'm trying to say. Okay. The way we treat live action TV shows, uh-huh. we almost want to layer it like a... Like a old-fashioned TV show. Like, you uh-huh. have to have all these um, moods, all these stories, all that. The comic shows were so based in the comics and told actual stories that you could relate to. Mm. But where, when you come back to a show like Supergirl, we feel like we have to touch national issues of politics, uh, oh, relationships, uh, things yeah, like that. Yeah, we're in a different time, though, Ricardo. Uh, I mean, I and I know exactly thing, what you're yeah. referring to when you talk about Supergirl and talking about politics because they've been doing this thing where they're running Cat Grant as the press secretary so for the president. So annoying. And there's comments that she's making that are clearly shots at Donald Trump. Trump yeah. Like, 100%, you can tell it from the, from the minute she starts talking, right? And so, uh. but I think, I understand what you're saying. But I think that's more of the difference between animated shows when it comes to like on TV and not like the the, the movies within like the, the 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 Marvel animated universe or the DC animated universe. When you're telling like a cartoon, a comic book animated series versus a comic book live action, I think there's an expectation that live action and comic books do this all the time because you have. Um, the first homosexual this or the first yeah, yeah. you know female thor or female iron man or whatever it is comic books exist in that range when you think about the x-men that was a political statement that was about the idea of treating people differently that was a direct correlation to the civil rights movement right. the idea of you're treating people you know so poorly and so harshly because of something that they can't control something that they have no control over and that was meant to be a direct correlation between, you know, the mutants were essentially... I guess... The thing is, they comic books have long told political stories. They have long told, but they didn't... It wasn't overrided in the point that you have to stick to a certain narrative. In terms of comic books, like you said, mm-hmm. with X-Men back in the day, it told a story of the, the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it told the story of equality and all these other things. But it wasn't so overdraft to the point that every aspect you have to cover a certain angle, Fair you enough. have to cover a certain yeah. narrative. It wasn't like that. It was the story, and we're going to try to fit these ideologies into it. Right. Nowadays, I feel it's the other way around. That you you shape you, the comic you, you, you book. You find the live. ideologies and you try to shape, shape it around it. Supergirl, case in point. 
her sister, she's a lesbian. Yep. Yeah. I feel like they tried to say, okay, we needed. What, uh, is, what uh, does she call LGBT. it? It's gonna be the the biggest gayest gay wedding, wedding in, like, in, in in national it, city it, history. It's not necessary you yeah, for you yeah, to yeah, do that. that. You could tell the story and just fit that angle in. I agree. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've long felt that the the lesbian sister thing in Supergirl was very forced. Yeah. It doesn't feel natural. And I think this is one of the things. And this is just a TV comment in general. I feel like if you're gonna touch on issues like that, it needs to be more subtle, more natural. It needs to feel more. And I think the the longer that goes, the more forced it feels. It's the like, same thing with Quentin over on Arrow. His whole alcoholism. Uh-huh. I feel like it's an angle that okay, we can understand, but we don't have to go to that well and every I, season. Think, and I think sometimes ah, they really yeah. they really bash with, with like with Quentin's alcoholism. They really bash, bash you over the head. Yeah, yeah, like okay, yeah. I understand. Yeah, 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 As a yeah, father, yeah. you don't want to be a drunk. You could lose both of your daughters. Right. Like, we get we that. We get it. We get it. Like, we this is what I'm trying yeah. to say. We get we it. Get, I mean, go on now. I, and that's why I say, I think, I guess it's just, it's a matter of finding a natural place where it could just be what it is and it doesn't have to be. I think maybe they, maybe they're doing that to try and, and maybe there's this thought that if we're not using this to touch on these different issues, it's not going to be taken as seriously and they desperately want to be taken seriously because generally speaking, people haven't taken comic books seriously, like comic book shows. Mm -hmm. But I think we're at a point now where the need for that shouldn't be as strong because there's so much good comic TV out there. When you look at what's happening on, generally speaking, on Netflix with Marvel shows, what's happening with the Arrowverse, what's happening... Off and on with Gotham, like I feel like I feel like there's enough there that you don't have to feel like you have to tackle but see, the social issues of the world in every episode. But see, you could say that, but there have they still been approach comic it like book, that. There, no, there have been comic book shows where they don't approach it like that. That's successful. I think they fall into this role because they say to themselves, "We have to find a way to stretch this out. We but need two, but three I mean, seasons. Even but look, in but some look, cases, but four look at five. Gotham." Look at Gotham last year with the whole Riddler and Penguin thing. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's See? true. Yeah, there you See, go. See, that, that's my point. They feel like we have the final <laughs> you have to shoehorn it, it out yeah. over yeah, yeah. Okay, season, I, this might sound episode. This might sound insensitive, right? But it's like, if you want to watch a show that deals with that stuff, watch Modern Family. Watch, watch Will and Grace. Like, you have yeah. shows that deal with those issues sure, specifically. Sure. Not just saying that it doesn't have a place in it, but it's like, it doesn't have to be something where, okay, we're with. doing this, but every so often we can shine this light over here. I, look at alcoholism. It almost feels look like... At, at, at yeah, love, look at whatever. It just like, and not I had a conversation with my brother about this story. because it's one of the things that he pointed out and I treated like when you have like the, 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 the top dancing... Uh, Procedure you have to do when you have to go da 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 this. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to do it with these kinds of TV shows. Uh, no. Just tell the stories. Yeah, these yeah. characters exist. It's going we to come. That. Right, yeah. that you want to you want homosexual undertones to it. Fine, do it. But you don't have to make it so overt where you're literally stopping the development of the story to say last week we told you about this, but here's mm-hmm. more. Like you don't have to go that route, and I feel like that's where these kinds of show are taking a step back. Yeah, I uh, think I think Supergirl originally was treating that a little more with a little more subtlety and i think as the show has gone on it's it's become a little a less subtle part, and, yeah. a, and a little too like hey now we're gonna have a big super gay wedding and we're actually gonna refer to it as the biggest yeah. gayest wedding ever and it's like ah, is but that don't really forget necessary <laughs> yeah, it's yeah like, but it's just things like that i feel like we're, we're we're in era you said that we're probably two to three years out from the golden age of comic book TV shows, I could agree with you yeah, on I that aspect. I feel like I feel like we're seeing tell. a lot of developments because we're seeing 
producers and more so these big TV companies in terms of Warner Brothers on the DC side and Disney on yeah. the Marvel side saying, mm-hmm. you know I what? Know, I need this is, actors. This, this yeah, is an avenue know. for us to express characters that we never thought we would have had a chance yep. to bring to yeah. the big screen. Like, no, you I, see Black Lightning come in. So in some ways, you could say to yourself, at some point, we could see a static shock. We or on the Marvel right. side, we see a lot of developments with the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and characters that we never would have seen mm-hmm. in the movies on these TV yeah. shows. Agreed. We even have the Inhumans, even though that has oh, its issues. <laughs> what a perfect way to transition. That's a good segue. <laughs> perfect way to transition. That's a good like segue, it. but uh, as we said, Fox has been up in their game with that. Their Marvel uh, property is Lucifer a Marvel property or DC? It's a DC, DC property. property. So they have two DC shows and a Marvel show. Yeah, before. they have a lot more Marvel things that's been in the works, but it's it's gonna take some time for them to gambit was actually supposed to be a tv show and it's original idea but then it was a movie idea and then uh, it, it, but they've announced that it. it's going back it, it's going movie. to be released as a movie in the next two years yeah. just but, like a quick note though i think people are finally realizing that tv is as good a place or maybe even a better place to tell comic book stories which have long been long form spread over the series of a number of episodes or, or um issues i think that's why we're getting closer and closer to that point where we're going to hit that golden age where there's going to be so many really excellently told um, comic book TV shows because people are realizing you can tell much more layered, nuanced, long-form stories using a TV show than doing a two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but another show that's been, uh, as he mentioned, when I say he, Javon mentioned earlier, where... Inhumans. I don't even. Oh boy, it's 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 tough. So, Listen, I I haven't watched yet, but it's the reviews of it alone has had me in that. I I, I think I have to let it play out first. I think I have to let this. Giving credit to the reviews, out. the reviews is the reason I've seen every episode of Inhumans from the two-hour yeah. IMAX movie to the two episodes that have dropped on TV over the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's bad, mm-hmm. but it's bad yeah. in a way that I want to see where it goes. Like. Like I feel like you want to one, see one of the main characters is think, is the guy right. that played Ramsey Bolton in Game of Thrones. And that's my thing. It's like you have him on the show, and he's such a good actor. Like, he is Ramsey Bolton in the Inhumans. It's no change in the character. Wow. <laughs> you can forget his name. He is Ramsey Bolton in this show. Mm-hmm. The exact uh, same character, exact same manners, and exact same actions. It almost feels like he has the exact same drive. So I think somebody saw that and was like, "No, we could." That's use that. that. That's what he is yeah. in Inhumans. Let's use that. Mm-hmm. But the show is so bad to the point that. I have a question. Is it supposed to be a spinoff from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Is no. Is it supposed to be no. related no, it, in it, any... It's supposed to be like this thing that's happening on its own, but you understand what connection it plays is it to in, Agents is of it S.H.I.E.L.D. Is it supposed to be in the same universe? It is in the same... Okay. Everything in Marvel is in, in the, the same, same universe. universe. That's true. Yeah. That's so true. I have to yeah, give them credit for that. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. the problem with this show is the, the, the these characters are supposed to be the guys that makes everything that happened on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. over the last two years... Matter? Important. Yeah. So here's my issue, right? And let me tell you let me tell you how I watch television in general. Go ahead. Right? I don't have time to waste. <laughs> so if I feel like Ooh. they get way to put it, way to put, way to put a dump on my week. I feel like if it seems like this, this is gonna have like six, eight episodes and then they can call it quits and that's gonna be it, I'm not gonna waste my time. I'll find I'll find time like over Christmas or when I have some some days and I'll I'll power through it then, but I'm not gonna spend. I have I have limited time on my hands, and I have a lot of TV that I watch, and a lot of other stuff going on in my life that I have to deal with. So I can't sit down and dedicate 
a part of my weekend where I try to catch up on shows that actually matter mm-hmm. to something that may not matter in the long run because it may only be these six or eight episodes and then the show disappears forever. So it's like how I felt about Agent Carter. I liked the idea of that show, but I felt like that was a waste of my time. Well, I think for me, with exactly Inhumans, what I want to see it get past the initial reviewed episodes to say, okay, maybe. Well, how many is, episodes did, have they just... actually recorded? Like, how so many far, episodes are in you, the can? If you okay. split it that they want you to do it, the first episode, the two hour movie, uh, that counts as two episodes. Uh-huh. Right. And they have had an additional two episodes since. No, then, but how so. many have they, like, actually recorded and eight. in the can? Eight. Okay. eight. okay, so. so yeah. And I, what I imagine is going to happen. I think that's the real okay. We're past four. Oh, so my, last night was so, last four. So my okay, so my thought episode process, last uh, No, yeah. episode four was last night. Okay, yeah. so next so, week I was like, okay, where <laughs> so do we go from? My thought process is, I'll be honest with you. Unless y'all tell me otherwise, I'm probably not watching that before Christmas. <laughs> I, I just let y'all know that now. I can't, I can't, I can't fault you for that. See, but it's because it's the same challenge I have. Like we have Asians of Shield on here to talk about, right? And it's just like, it was interesting at first. I enjoyed it a lot more when there were direct connections to between the movies, right? the movies. So right. it's like, it was either in the end, toward the end of season one or in season two, they had, um, like, Colson was responsible for getting them access to a new helicarrier, right? And, like, they, they connected it back when he came back. There was the whole thing with something in Thought of Dark World. They went to do cleanup, and they ended up discovering something in that show in age and, and dealing with it in that show, that was a direct outcome of them going to visit the site where Thor, a lot of Thor, the Dark World happened, the whole yeah. thing with the portal and everything. So I enjoyed the show more then because it those moments allowed me to overlook some of the storytelling and character development issues that the show was having because those moments made up for it. But it's like as they've... And it seems like it's almost intentional because you don't have a lot of that happening anymore. There doesn't seem to be that connection, that touching point to, oh, this movie is coming out. There's something that's happening in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that has a direct connection to this. And I think by losing that, it shines more of a light now on, okay, what is the actual quality of this show outside of that? And to me, the actual quality of the show isn't up to par with when you look at the Arrowverse, when you look at even though Gotham has had its down moments, Gotham you know, and the excitement about a new show like The Gifted and stuff like that. So, worse that Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back, you know, in mid-season. So, you might even forget, like, shows that start in December, January that aren't new shows tend to get lost right. to yeah. me. And so, it's like, all they have to do is put that on a Friday and you know that show is over, right? So, when I look at it, I'm Shout like, out the Inhuman Spot. <laughs> but the new is on Friday. So yeah, yeah, tell you. Friday yeah, yeah. What new show debuts on a Friday? No new show. No new show. Mm. Friday is saved for shows that have been around for a couple of seasons. You ready for it to die? And the network will dump it on a Friday night. That is where shows go to die. So at eight p.m. Yeah, eight p.m. Not eight p.m. Anytime <laughs> on a Friday. Who's sitting down in their house on a Friday trying to watch something live? Especially at eight p.m. <laughs> right. So to me, it's just like it, it speaks to two issues. One, Marvel is in. A dangerous place with some of its TV shows. See, right I'm now. not, I'm not, I'm not built to say that. I, yeah. I don't have the permission. I don't have the qualifications <laughs> really? to say that yeah, about really? Marvel yeah. shows. I don't. Uh, really? I don't. So have this you is not why. Been watching all of the shows. No, I have been watching all the shows. Like, what's going but, on? but as the second I say it, anybody listening to this part is going to say, "No, that's Cardo. Oh, you're being biased. Oh, being biased. I know, but I think I think anybody, if you, if okay, so you gotta be honest. I jokingly refer to myself as being a Marvel stan, right? 
I just have a greater appreciation for the Marvel movies I, right now I because kinda, they're doing I, it better right now. I so I enjoy both of But I appreciate DC I enjoy both equally, yeah. right? I appreciate both sides of of the main comic book universes. To me, Marvel is in a dangerous place with its TV shows right now. And all. I'm talking Netflix. Yeah, if you, all across the yeah, board. Yeah. You see the because, reviews, if you read the reports back, over this past week, Defenders, least watch Marvel show yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. But you know why? And I'll tell you why. Iron Fist. Iron Fist. They have an Iron Fist. No, they have an Iron Fist problem. No, it, I, I it already it told y'all. I have to hear about the Defender Conlon one more friggin' time. It is indefinitely. Who cares, I think... We okay. won't get the ball rolling. I think the ball they starts need rolling until Punisher comes out. Which they 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 are going to and delay. They the gonna delay it? Yeah, they, they, they kind of have to. Oh, to get away from the bad press. Oh, they, yeah, right. The and, the new, and the new season of oh, of right. Daredevil of, of Daredevil yeah. and well, when is the next season of? Okay, so here's the thing, right? I to think be, those three right there. Hold on, you better. You need to pause that Luke Cage real fast. So what's wrong with Luke Cage? <laughs> Okay, so let's be fair and honest. Daredevil, season one and two, are the top two of... Agreed. When you look at all of the shows... Agreed. ...are the top two shows. I agree. From there, you get... Punisher is probably going to be third once it, the it season more than likely drops. is going to. From there, it's a drop-off. You get Defenders because... You, no, didn't, like season, you like, didn't like season one of Luke Cage? Season one of Luke Cage was... It started off so it, perfect. It started off strong. My only but issue, I feel they should have had Cottonmouth as the primary villain for yeah. that entire season. Yeah. Because he strength was such of the a actor. strong... Right, he was such a strong villain but in that show. Like, it really should have just been... But if him. we're going to go from one... Oh, no, no, let me finish. Sorry. Um, I wasn't finished. I just I just dealing with my phone. Um, So, <laughs> to me, you go... Daredevil season one, two. Right. Punisher is probably a third. Agreed. Defenders is probably the fourth just because the idea of having those okay. guys together. All it right. was dried fine. down by Iron the, Fist. On the hype alone. On the hype right. alone. So That's off the right. hype alone. And then you probably have Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. And an Iron Fist. And an Iron Fist, right? So here's the issue. Um, Iron Fist was a good premise. I think either their actor or their writing is off. I'm not sure which is the problem. Both. Both. I agree. No, but see, if you fix one, does it fix the other? No. No. Because you can't fix... uh, I don't think you could fix the actor at this point. Um, You could. You could allow him to to express the qualities of Iron Fist. I feel like they pigeon-toe hold I think a better director would right. the so They don't allow him. So the writing. Better director and writing no, would they, probably the, help that. The, I think the director of this yeah, show, the, the last show run on this show, didn't allow, what's his name? Finn Jones or mm-hmm. whatever. Finn something. Yeah. 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 They, they didn't allow him to actually fight. If you look at all of yes. his fights, it looks so choreographed Agreed. Agreed. that I'm like, Fair. is Agreed. this real? What Fair. Agreed. So, okay. So, my, my honest opinion is Marvel is the class of that. And everybody, I'm mean, not Marvel. Sorry, Daredevil He's, is the class of that. Yes. Punisher is going to be second, and everybody else fighting to stay alive. Because if I you ask me, if you ask me, Luke Cage started off strong, but it tailed off. The interest in the if you if you go back and you look at it, there was strong interest in the. Yeah, but I still think like it's like a it's, good a good season too. Yeah, what, but we have to see. Really we have to see if that's that gonna happen. Saying, you can't guarantee that's gonna happen. Right. We so have, you have to look at it as as what it is. So to me, Agreed. the way I look at it is that. Other than Daredevil, which is the only definitive bankable property that you could say, I know that regardless of what happens, when season three drops, I want to find eight to ten hours to sit down and power through this as quickly Very as possible. All right. Nothing else is going to give you that feeling on the Netflix side of what Marvel's doing. Nothing. Other than Punisher. Yeah, right? Punisher. So, to me, 
there you have that you have agents of shield which just seems to kind of be there now and not serving the same purpose that it once was you have all of the negative press surrounding inhumans, inhumans the negative press surrounding iron fist the 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 not the the underwhelming reviews what about defenders and you have marvel as a comic book property that's could be teetering if it has one more thing go wrong if punisher isn't as good as we expect it to be or if there's a big drop off in daredevil season three marvel is gonna have a Boy, real problem on his they, hands i on think the they would really side. have to try hard not to have punisher not be as good especially on the actor alone and the premise they'd really definitely the have to be trying mm-hmm. hard to, really to, to, to wrap hard. up the, the tv show <laughs> discussion today mm-hmm. i'm gonna keep bringing it back to the point you mentioned it where probably two to three years away from the golden age of TV show comic book shows. Mm-hmm. With that said, oh. moving forward, what do we need this beyond the whole Punisher has to succeed for Marvel to be good? Uh-huh. Uh, DC in terms of Arrow and Flash, they have to get it together. Mm-hmm. Gotham has to work on Fox. Do you feel like any, any of you guys, do you feel like anything is missing from any of these TV universes that we need to help push it over the top? I was going to say, I think the Ghost Rider stuff was really good done. And in Agents Agent of Shield, Shield, and I think they it was really so short though. Exactly, and I think they need to revisit that. I, it was too short. I feel that's mm-hmm. a good like dynamic they could use to really yeah. propel that show. My my thought process on the the TV shows has always been this: it's a good um, place to flesh out characters that maybe aren't Definitely. as you well know, known tier also. A yeah. characters in the universe. So it's like. Supergirl is an Atari character. You know what I mean? Like, if you do she, well. depends who you she's are. She's adjacent. Yeah, depends who you are. Is she a Atari character? To, to DC people, it depends. Okay. <laughs> no, in the context of overall, I'm not even saying it as a DC stunt. Supergirl is a very important character because she's the strongest connection to the Krypton thing for the DC universe. Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Um, But in terms of... I just think... You get the ability to tell stories. I think Black Black Lightning is going to be an interesting test case for where we go. Because I think that presents you with an opportunity to tell a story that's not particularly um, out there in terms of general public knowledge. Outside of comic book fans um, specifically. You get it in the hands of some showrunners who have done shown to be very capable of treating Mm. comic book shows with the right amount of balance between levity and importance um i think they're gonna from from the trailer alone it looks like they they have the ability to tell nuanced stories which is very necessary when you're talking about minority characters in particular so i think when you look at the whole gamut of it i think black lightning is going to be that may be the show that we come back to in three or four years and say you know what this was actually the real catalyst for branching out into telling your static shots yeah. and you know your Miss Marvel even, see, that's or, even to or go however you branch out to, into to go on that as well I'm glad you brought up those two shows in particular Agents of Shields with the things that they uh-huh. never goes right in Black Lightning on the side of, and that's the reason I phrased the question the way I did because I think those are the two moments in particular not just Ghost Rider but the wider idea that they could tell on Agents of Shield. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you could tell Marvel stories from a ground level using characters like Blade definitely. like Ghost Rider like definitely. all of those other characters mm-hmm. you could form them up and you could create a good storyline for what and the surface area of Marvel comics and it allows like. you to keep yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. going yeah. because right. I think 
be, especially if you're going to continue to have the distance between them and the Avengers and that that original slate of movies, mm. if you're going to continue to keep away from that, you need to engage in stories like, like you said, like Ghost Rider or maybe even dealing with Blade and stuff like that, where you have characters that are somewhat known, you have an existing TV right. universe where you can help to tell that story, and I think that may go a long way in in taking comic book shows forward. All right. And I mean, to really strengthen the connection between TV and movies, because that's our... The next aspect today on Lazarus, but in terms of the stories you tell from the TV standpoint, I think DC has a winning formula in the idea. You touched on it off the board when you said that the idea of them not having a DC cinematic universe where everything is folded into the movies Mm -hmm. for them to walk Mm -hmm. away from that and say, okay, we have a cinematic universe, but this cinematic universe isn't tied together to the point that no other stories could fit in. I think DC is setting up themselves for something that that could work Mm -hmm. because if they loosen the reins on what directors and producers could tell Uh and say, this is a big open side. I I agree. I think, I think DC's the, so we'll shift into the announcement about them kind of taking a step back from the, extended universe as well and well, not, kinda, they're not taking a step back in, in Jeff Johns's word they're loosening the reins on terms of what producers and directors right, so they don't, they don't have to be do. tied into the yes. like, you don't have to draw a straight so, line yeah. from so, Wonder Woman right like, to example, like, so like, this is yeah Wonder Woman example or even the Joker movie that they have planned they don't have necessarily right with Scorsese right so the universe. idea I think when you look at the broad scope is see the challenge that Marvel is going to run into as they continue to progress, is that everything is supposed to be connected, mm-hmm. and that that while True. while that's yeah. been a benefit to them in the early run, the longer what happens after Thanos? That's the thing. What's gonna What's gonna be interesting is how do if everything is connected, the TV show is everything. How do you move forward as that main the movie this the cinematic side of the universe progresses? How does that impact your shows? Because they're all supposed to be in the same universe. And how believable is that going to be the longer this goes on? And I think Marvel is going to come to a very interesting decision point in the near future as to how they're dealing with everything being connected. I think DC, that announcement, the idea that the TV universe was always separate from the cinematic universe, gives them a lot of freedom to tell stories how they want to tell it. So you can have a Batman origin story going on in Gotham while having Ben Affleck play Batman on the, the, the big screen, while potentially having somebody else play Batman in the, the Joker um, origin yeah, story, yeah. story movie. Like, it really gives them the freedom to have different actors take on the role and bring different aspects of the characters out. Um, and then also have different directors, different writers tell stories from different perspectives that are not tied directly to... You know, Ben Affleck is Batman. He had this fight with Superman. They did Justice League. Like, you get to remove yourself from a lot of, like, as you call it, this narrow window of story that the original DCEU was trying to tell. So they're going to have a lot more freedom on both sides, both in new movies and in expanding their television universe because, like, we, a lot of us initially said we wish that um, Brant Gustin was playing flash in the cinematic universe but Mm -hmm. i think we should be happy that we have that separation because imagine how problematic these shows in the arrowverse would be right now if it was a part of the overall cinematic universe of the day yeah it can't yeah so what have an issue there so i think the interesting with the tone of both the series and the movie yeah so i think that that distinction is actually going to work in dc's favor in the long run um so 
to me, the way I look at it is like, you know what? DC might be better positioned for long term. 10 term. years from now yeah. than Marvel is because 10 years from now it's going to be very tenuous to still be trying to tell their TV universe stories while having the same connection to the, the thing. Mo- so like we were talking about how DC has the ability to use Flashpoint as a way to reset stuff in the EU yeah. as a way to um thing them. And then from the flip side, Marvel may need to have some dimensional shift in order to split the cinematic universe the and the TV universe at some <laughs> yep. point because they're going to need they, they're going to need separation but, uh, they've done it in terms it, of yeah. direction and producing and, uh, and, and and the movies and TV shows themselves to exist but the, the concept still exists in the minds yes. of viewers is that no but it still does exist because they still and you still have guys in in the Marvel shows on Netflix referring to the event which was the the um the attack from the first the Avengers Chitauri. movie the yeah, Chita- yeah. right so and you still have I, Coulson was resurrected by, you know, that you have the Kree stuff that was going on. So there's still a lot of interplay and interconnection. But at some point, that's going to become more harmful than good. Than good. Yeah. And so yeah. we're talking, like I said, we talked about this idea least, of DC using Flashpoint to kind of reset some stuff. Marvel is going to have to do something similar at some point to split the two universes. I think, I think at that in, point, order for, uh, in order for it to survive, I, I think, think it's going to survive as currently set up. They kind of move on to Galactus. At least to get to that the point of okay now we need to have a reboot yeah that whole that whole fight there if they go if they don't go with the scrolls like Galactus would probably be the next best thing after Thanos. See the challenge I always have with this is the challenge Marvel is gonna have too. I think the challenge with Marvel is their greatest villains are so friggin' hard to bring to life, in my opinion. Agreed. Like, I, villains are trash. Villains are trash. And I when you look at, so you look at DC, the, um, right? The very definitive point between DC and Marvel and what makes them stand apart, I don't even think it's that Marvel has more... I, I mean, at Marvel, DC has more iconic superheroes. I think it's just that their brand of villains is so much stronger than that of Marvel. And it's a lot easier right, to tell. Like, because what's, casual, the, diff- yeah, what's the difference between Thanos and Galactus, really? When you look at it broad strokes, right? Some Sorry. You have a big, massive villain that is just consumed with... When you look at it, it's like Joker wants to see the world burn. Right. Right? Lex wants to actually own the world and be president and, and be in complete control. Right? Riddler just wants to, like, frig with people and... um. And that sort of thing. So everybody is kind of everybody has a different place. And you're talking about human characters, which means you yeah, don't have yeah, the sh- yeah. you don't have the challenge of how do we make this guy look realistic? How do we make this villain look believable? You don't have those challenges. So when you look at the the the, the larger scope of it, DC is able to tell more believable and more right. interesting stories right, because yeah. you're looking at that could be Lex Luthor could be a human that exists in the world today. Good, right? <laughs> The Riddler could be somebody who exists. There, the and this, I'm using a lot of Bat- Batman and Superman villains, but well, because, when you, know, you think about it, you have a lot of villains that can easily be displayed on TV or in in the movies without having to have this right. grand CGI budget and things right, like that. Even Marvel's so, most recognizable um, villains, if you would go like on the street, they don't have recognizable be, villains. They don't. No, I th- they don't. I think Venom. I think Venom. No, and, like, I'm talking you know, about when I say Marvel. Re- re- when I say Marvel, I mean. Disney Marvel, not Fox Marvel. Right. Oh. DC Marvel doesn't have any recognizable. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's the yeah, that's the problem there. That's that is that is the issue there because I think most of their recognizable villains does come from Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. Mo- Honestly, most of the the most of the villains that could be related to. Let's try and bring the topic back 
t- together a little oh, bit. Uh. We're trying to narrow it down, flipping into the movies mm-hmm. in terms of the villain development. On one side, we have DC. They had some problems. Suicide yeah. Squad was one issue. Great. We're not going to get into a deep discussion on uh, that. Uh. And over on the Marvel side, they don't have villains. Like, they have uh. characters that they roll out for either segments in a movie yeah. or or, yeah. or just one or two parts yeah, in a the, movie. The, the more you talk about it, the more you realize their villains aren't particularly fleshed out. And the, the big villain that they're yeah. getting to is just like, okay, you have one really big massive now, story to tell what next. Now, I think for a few good directing and writing can solve that problem because the vulture himself isn't as fleshed out or as amazing of a villain you know if you just go straight from the comics but i think they did such a great job in picting their actor and the writing at homecoming that i i would put the vulture you I, some right, of the yeah i could put the vulture I, with, I with think, any villain right now I think, as my top villain but i think in terms of long form storytelling and because once you like once you fight thanos and you like you can't fight thanos more than once you fight thanos once you find a way to beat him some yeah. people could die in the process mm-hmm. and then you move on but it's like with dc they have the ability to tell so many layers to a one villain story like lax luther unless you kill him to see Go, go ahead. So Lex Luthor, unless you kill him, is like that's somebody you can have be a primary force in your face villain in one movie, mm-hmm. go to jail or disappear and become a behind the scenes driving force of other villains that then eventually. So you could get four, three or four movies out of Lex Luthor being your primary mm-hmm. villain. And I think it allows you to tell stories in such a, a more human way. And I think that's one of the biggest differences between as caught up as a Disney's Marvel situation and um, Warner Brothers and and DC's situation is that the DC villains are, I think, going to be a lot more relatable and it gives them a lot more flexibility in telling those stories over the long run. And the two movies that we're going to use as our focal point today, we have on the Warner Brothers side, Justice League, and on the Marvel side, we have Thor Ragnarok. And if you look at the villains in these movies, you have Steppenwolf. DC is playing along with the character yeah. and the way they develop Steppenwolf. Let me finish. I just have a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Who's the villain in, in, in Thor Ragnarok? Hello. Hello. Yeah. Okay. The goddess of death. Yes. Okay. But when you look Which at the development of Hello and what you see so has. far <laughs> in, 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 in the, um, the previews and stuff that they put out there, you see that they have to some extent meld so many characters together to form Hella because no one of no no one of these characters could stand alone. The idea that you see of Hella, it's almost like I don't know if you're I don't know how far down you guys read in the comics, but that Thor had a sister. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because of the way that um their father he went into the Odin sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's both of them basically Ragnarok. Thor, his sister uh-huh. and Loki in the comics they competed for the idea of running the kingdom while he was in the Odin sleep. Mm-hmm. Yep. She, in her whole idea that I am the greatest, I should be the person in charge, she released Ragnarok mm-hmm. to an extent in two versions of the comics. Okay. They provided that character and they gave that concept to Hela. So they leaped on like four of the five female characters from into the Thor one. comics into mm-hmm. one right. just because, like I said yeah. before, no one of them could have signed on their own. Now, when you flip it over on the DC side, they've done it before. It's they've just Steppenwolf, Wolf, and you say to yourself, "Well, we know what Steppenwolf Wolf is." The only thing they're changing, they're going to change for this movie, is the fact that in the comics he is uh, Darkseid's uncle. Mm-hmm. In the in this uh, incarnation of the character, 
they made him the nephew because they want to make Dark Side this big epic, right. you know, so thing. You have to make him the younger. Right? Yeah, you can't. Make so him when, when when you look at this whole villain discussion, you have to look at it from the standpoint that again, it's not that DC has more iconic villains; they have more fleshed out villains. And this is the point I keep making with Marvel. I have nothing against Marvel. Marvel, everything that they're doing is working. But at some point, you're gonna realize that. It's only working because these characters are new. Right. And at some point, if they hit the wrong mark and they give you a character that yeah, you don't agree gonna with, a problem. it's going to hit a I, major I snag. That yeah. Marvel takes the liberty of not they playing they, close they, to the actual source material and taking liberties to do because a lot of people. But it's because, right. Right. But it's because they can. Yeah. Right. It's because they can. I think that's the idea that Carl is yeah. getting at yeah. and has been getting at over this part and the last one, which yeah. is that. Marvel has that flexibility and that freedom because they don't have the same, they don't have as deep a cultural imprint in terms of uh-huh. general comic book knowledge that DC does. Because generally speaking, especially in the last few years, before Iron Man and all of those, what was the last, you know, outside of, well, I guess you had Spider-Man. Spider-Man but and you didn't, and, right, That's but, it. Yeah. But that's, that's it. it. That that's it. it. That's it. But I mean, you've had Batman movies. You've had yeah, attempts yeah. at some some other things. And, and I don't want to. I don't want to take us back to that discussion we had on the no, last part. The but only the thing idea- I'm trying to make is this: when you look at this version of Hella that we're going to get in the movies. If this rubs a lot of people the wrong way, it could be. A it could sink the sale of Marvel. You know why it won't though? Go ahead. Because. It's disposable. She's just another step towards Thanos. She's just another yeah, story. She's just another story point that needs to get out of the way before you get to Thanos. So I think it it kind of in some ways it works in their favor because it's like their whole idea of we're getting to Thanos, we're getting to Thanos. Anything before Thanos is forgivable. They're not gonna actually understand this, right? No, it, it, they're it really not going to. They're not going to hit to a true there. snag, something that can really cause them to stumble, un- unless they frig up Thanos. Yeah, and that too. Right. That's too. that's the actual thing that if they screw up, that's going to be a real problem. Everything up until that point, because these are not characters that are well known to the general public, where everybody knows the backstory. A lot of people aren't gonna know that they took five different characters and made them into Hello. I mean. That's true. So, so that's they're using that to their benefit. So, here, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, and this is where DC failing early might serve them better in the long run because they have a lot of mistakes to learn from. If Marvel is just rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling, and then they hit a stumbling block with Thanos, what the hell was all of this for? And I think that's why you get a very serious existential question after after about fifteen or twenty movies. That when you you stumble in that story, which is the end game of all of this, they have more stakes when it comes to that. They do right now. When you look at the long term, Marvel has more stakes right now in this moment, more at stake than DC does, simply because. If they screw up Thanos, they've had probably 15 to 20 movies of build up towards this one villain, this one big story. And if they screw that up, then it's like these movies were good, but if the if the final story doesn't tell doesn't doesn't bring it all read home. well yeah. and doesn't bring it all home in a way that's impactful and important, the entire universe is going to be looked at as a waste. That's Whereas true. Yeah. DC by stumbling early has a lot that they can When you start at the bottom, all you have to do, all you have is up to go, right? right? The only way to go is up. But it's like Marvel has been rolling relatively unencumbered, especially on the on the on the big screen side for so long that they really at hell is not going to be a snag. It's going to be the Thanos. It's no, gonna be- I, no, I agree with you to that extent. But my 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 issue with it is because I know what the character should have been. Yeah, mm-hmm. you understand? Like when I keep saying, like even 
I think any, there's, no, any, there's not enough general public knowledge of what that. the character and I give should them be. That. Because right. if you remember when we first got introduced to Thanos in Avengers 1, mm-hmm. when uh, I think it was one of the the, the Dark Orders that walked up to him was like, there's a problem with, 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 with Earth. Uh-huh. And he was like, okay. He's like, no, you can't challenge these guys on Earth, the Avengers, because if you do that, you're literally courting death. And anybody that paid any attention to the Marvel comics know exactly what that phrase means to Thanos. Mm-hmm. But because Marvel, the understanding publicly isn't there, it went over uh, a lot of people's yeah. head because yep. when they said you caught that, he has this weird affection to the cosmic entity that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's why when he said it, he turned around and smiled. So anybody that paid attention to the comics would look at that and be like, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But Marvel never followed up on it because now the big idea of that, knows that. Is, is, is now becoming this character we now know as Hela, right. who they added on to the end, the, you know, Hela, like the goddess I, of that. Like I said. Yeah. They are taking advantage of the lack of a yeah. broad cultural imprint. I'd even go back and say it to the, like I say um, though, the, their I, problem is going right. to be if they if they the bring up Thanos. The conception of Ultron. I I I stated vocally before that I was displeased that they allowed Tony to be the one to make Ultron, where in fact it was Hank Penn, Ant Man. Who had created this man? No, he copics. That was a major like, issue for me. That was it was an issue for me because they but took see, away for some Ant-Man, reason Ant-Man's though biggest stories some, in the fact that all I mean, he was and because he took such a hit mentally because yeah. he created Ultron. That's what pushed him into the heavy drinking. It, that's yes, what pushed his yes. life off the rails. Right. So when we see and him in the first in the Atman movie, we won't get. We don't. We didn't understand why he was like that. Yes. A man that literally had right. to check into going to his own company. When if they told the story correctly, you would understand it from direct. Because yeah, that's interesting. It, yes, see, it's it things like that right. that people, the and public, don't know. Right. And I see. And I. But like I said, they for for whatever reason it is, and I think generally speaking, it's because. Ant Man, nobody, you know what I mean. The the general public no, doesn't I, I, yeah, know the background no, yeah. story, yeah, yeah, and so it. for a lot of people, what and this see this is going to be the challenge, and I think this is the the problem that Marvel gets into. Um, shoot, I gotta go. This is the problem <laughs> that Marvel gets into with their situation is that at some point you're gonna have a legion of fans that grew up watching just the movies who are going to be, and you already start to see it, there's going to be a divide oh, yeah. in the Marvel fan base because you're going to have the people who know the comics and is like, this is, not, this is not how I expected this to go. This is not how they're doing this wrong. This and you're going to have people who feel strongly on either sides of the argument. And you're going to have a split fan base. I can't believe I'm going to end two Lazarus Pit podcasts like this. But hey to all you Marvel fans, welcome to DC World. <laughs> <laughs> Just hope.